Hello, everyone, and welcome to the nominee interview series audio version. Uh, we have four of our interviews happened in audio version this year. Um, the rest of the nominee interview series is, as always, going to be available in, or is already available in print up on myentertainmentworld.ca. Um, but for ensemble casts and production nominees, uh, we like to do group uh interviews so that we can you can get a little bit more of a sense of the camaraderie and the group dynamic. Um, so one of those that we have for you right now is the ensemble of Dogfight. They're nominated for Outstanding Ensemble, and um, they're with First Act Productions. Uh, their version of Pasig and Paul's Dogfight left me just utterly devastated. I was just in sobbing, just in utter tears. It was it was really very embarrassing. Um, I got lost on my way home because I was just so devastated. That's not why. But you know, anyway, it was a lot for me. Um, but it was a beautiful production and the cast was incredibly strong, especially um, it's a really difficult score with a lot of tricky group singing and harmonies. So uh, we were just really impressed with this particular group. Um, obviously, they're nominated for Outstanding Ensemble. They came in quite a long time ago to record this interview. I appreciate their patience with my putting off, putting them up, putting this up, because we've just had a lot going on on the site and especially going on on the podcast feed these days, um, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But um, that you can also find an interview on the website with Taylor Hubbard, who's one of the participants in this interview. Um, she is nominated for uh, Outstanding Performance in a Musical for her role as Rose in Dogfight. Um, so you can have a double dose of Taylor uh, and go check that out because it will also be referenced in what you're about to hear. Um, but she got together with some of her castmates to come record this on behalf of the Outstanding Ensemble nomination. Um, and I think that's probably all I have to tell you about this particular episode. Um, they'll all introduce themselves on the recording so you can identify all their voices uh, right off the top. Um, in the meantime, I think you should go to the website and read the rest of the interviews. Um, and then make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. We do have three more, at least, interview series installments coming for you in audio form. Um, but we also just have a, so much going on. Um, as usual, we have our favorite series and our Shakespeare series still ongoing. Um, that's part of our usual programming, as is sort of standalone episodes of the My Entertainment World podcast. Um, but also right now, in response to social isolation, we have the Corona Movie Club and Corona Cold Reads, which is a Shakespeare reading series. Um, those are updating constantly on the website as well. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at my ent world, my ENT world for all the latest. And just note that this was recorded long before COVID-19. So you're going to hear references to upcoming projects and non-isolated uh, get togethers. So don't worry about it. It's um, outdate, unfortunately. So hopefully those projects will go forward at some point in the future. Uh, but for now, they are unfortunately postponed. But um, I hope you enjoy the episode. It was so fun to talk to these guys. My name is Devin DeSantos, and I played Eddie Birdlace in Dogfight. My name is Carly Churchill, and I played Mama and others in Dogfight. My name is Mike Buchanan. I played Bernstein in Dogfight. My name is Reese Harrison, and I played Fector in Dogfight. And my name is Taylor Hubbard, and I played Rose Fenny in Dogfight. <laughs> okay, so I just asked Taylor this in her solo interview, but can the rest of you tell us if you remember your first experience with theater? My first experience? Um, well, I remember, me personally, it was grade 8. I was still... I was a hockey kid, so I thought like theater was like, oh, it's so stupid, but... 
then in grade eight, my class decided to do a very terrible Disney version of uh, Cinderella. We pretty much took line for line from the show, and I tried to sing as best as I can. And I, I was which mouse was I? Oh, Jacques, Jacques the mouse. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know they were going to be a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I was just that's it. Yeah. Still on yeah, the resume, was, though, is my question. It should be. Cinderella. <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> I, it was a lot higher pitch back then. I'm pretty sure I sound like it was a Cinderella freak. Lord of the Rings cross. Yeah, he was mouse slash golem. Yeah, but it was that. Then my first ever real musical was Godspell in Grade Nine, and that kind of changed my perspective on not just theater, but like how who I was and like how I interacted with people and like bonding with people, and not like shelter myself. That was like the starting point for me. Uh, for me, it was probably. Uh, like a school Christmas concert when I was six. Uh, I was, I believe it was just uh, one of the children that went to the North Pole to see Santa Claus. Uh, oh, so, but you went the hardest, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would be. Because uh, I wanted the best gift. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely not like a specific show or anything like that. Just uh, some random thing that was for schools to do. Uh, and then the, I guess the first like actual shows I ever did were in like grade seven, where we did like little one act plays where that you had to audition for amongst all the other students in my high school uh and uh i couldn't even tell you what oh no no no, that's a lie i played uh joe curtain in this (laughs) very strange romeo and juliet (laughs) spin-off like it it was clearly based on that uh but it was like different because it was modernized but literally joe curtain was like I would make sarcastic side comments that uh, like uh, turned the audience kind of like, oh, and then they did this, ha, so kind of Joe thing. Curtin, yeah, so, you, so yeah. I am Joe Curtin, exactly. There you go. Uh, but then at the end of the uh, <laughs> at the end of what is like the first act of these one act plays, and then at the end of the show, I would because uh, I was dressed all in black. Uh, my last line was, and the curtain falls, and I would just. Rat fall backwards, and who and the two leads had to catch me, and uh, I definitely feel like uh, I stole that show as Joe Curtin. Romeo and Juliet had to catch you. Yes, Joe. Oh yeah, they lived in this version. Uh, I went to a Mennonite high school that would definitely not allow death on stage in grade seven. So yeah, that is fair. Wow. I was like, when <laughs> Romeo and Juliet be dead? This at that explains point? so much, Reese. <laughs> and, and yet so little. Yeah. And it's very little. <laughs> um, I'll go. Uh, I was pretty shy as a kid, and I just like sort of kept to myself a lot. And I think that. It came like as a huge surprise to my parents when I found a like a newspaper ad for my local community theater. They were doing Oliver Twist, and I was like, "Mom, I want to do this." I think I was eleven at the time, and it was—I don't know—I don't know what motivated it or what made me. This all sounds very sad. I promise I'm very well adjusted. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I auditioned, and it ended up just being this amazing experience where like I was 
connecting with people where when I was younger, I had a lot of trouble connecting with people and I was making a lot of friends. And it just like Hmm. that sort of sparks that I think in a lot of people that it sparks that, I don't know, obsession or addiction to performing and not so much the um, idea of being watched or being seen, but so much as like making connections with people and having like an, a really amazing experience with different casts. Well, that was really adorable. Mine's less adorable. I can't wait. Um, so my brother, uh, my eldest brother, did theater a little bit when he was younger, and I just really wanted to hang out with him, and he never let me. So <laughs> one time he was doing a Christmas... Uh, I always get them mis- mixed up. I'm real good at this. A Christmas Carol. Yes, the That's one with... That's Scrooge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the one. So you went to audition for it, and I went, okay, I'm going to go too. I was like, Mom, don't tell him I'm going too. So I don't remember. I was probably like 10. I'm not sure. And I went, and I got... Uh, we got to the audition, and you just kind of sang with all the other kids, and then they, a woman would just walk by you <laughs> to hear you sing. They didn't make nope. us sing by ourselves. Nope. Not you. Nope. And then at the, end, uh, at the end of that, That's they said, funny. Carly, will you play a boy? And I said... I sure will. And they said, tootin', you mister. got the part. And that was it. And then my brother never did theater ever again, and I just continued to do it. Because I liked it. <laughs> Struck down his dreams. Yeah. I outshone him, I think. So how did you guys get involved with first act productions? Uh, for, for me, I think it was, uh, there was a posting on one, there was a posting on one of the many, uh, like, Facebook Actors of Toronto groups Groups. that I am I'm in, and uh, just uh, volunteered myself for that audition. Uh, Same. You you have something to say? Uh, I just I was just commenting. You have such a good voice for recording. Thank you. Uh, But yeah, uh, well, toot is flipping horn. (laughs) Someone has to. that's not me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, and I, I guess that seems to be how most of us um, found out yeah. about it. Well, oh. I kind of knew a little bit before Nicole and Colin were going to post it, because at the time, I was doing The Wedding Singer with uh, Nicole, who was uh, Julia in that production, and Colin was George in that production. They were talking about their next show, and they told me if I ever heard the musical Dogfight. And uh, our director, David, was also part of Wedding Singer, who played, uh, like, uh, Robbie's best friend in the show. And, like, after every rehearsal, we would talk about shows, and we kept talking about Dogfight. Then one day, Nicole and Colin said, you, you have to audition for this. We want, we want to see you at these auditions there. And I was reluctant, but then I'm glad I did and eventually because I got to meet all these wonderful people. And... Here we are today, even less than a year (laughs) after the show happened. We're all still pretty good friends, I like to think. Mm -hmm. I had a similar experience. Nicole reached out to me because we had done uh, callbacks for Next Normal in Whitby. Unfortunately, she didn't get to perform with me. She didn't get the part, but I'm sure it would have been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Nicole. Um, (laughs) Yeah, cut that. Too late. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so she reached out to me and she was wondering if I was, I was interested, and I played a little bit of hard to get, I'll be completely honest. You know. Because I, I had so much other stuff going on, and I didn't think, because I live in Oshawa, I just didn't think that I was going to be able to do the commute, and it was just, I'm very glad I did end up doing it, because what's 40 minutes when you get to be part of such like an amazing show with an amazing cast? Um, but yeah. Yeah, mine was 
pretty much similar. I mean, I saw the posting. I didn't, I didn't, I was one of the late submitters. Um, I had a few friends who were like, no, you have to submit because this is a really great company. The show itself, I love. I heard it in concert a few years prior and I was obsessed with the music. So yeah, it was the same thing. I, I, I just you heard. You went, right? You went to the yeah. concert that I went to. Yeah. The one that um, Darlene. Girl having a mental breakdown in the third row? Because that was me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I sure did. Didn't know you well then. Thought ill of you. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, no, I'm really happy I, I got a chance to do this one too. So what was it about Dogfight that attracted you to the project? Well, like I said, the music is insane. It's stunning. And I think it really, um, especially for, I don't know, the men can speak on this, but especially for females, I think it really touches on something that all females feel at one point during their life. This sort of um, idea of like not feeling good enough and whether you deserve good things happening to you. And I like the journey with Rose. Like I, I feel like we can all relate to mm-hmm. that journey. And so it, I, I think the music, A, touches you, and then that journey and that growth, it, it's just kind of like one of those good, complete stories that like touches you in the heart, you know? They're real people. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the fact that they're, they're all real human beings. And I was saying before, you know, things can be campy sometimes in musicals, and it drives mm-hmm. me insane. And that's why I loved it, is I was like, wow, it's real people on stage. It's like straight theater, but it's not. Like, you're getting the characters of straight theater that I love, but we still get to sing. So that's what I loved about it. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was definitely uh, definitely the music as well. Uh, numbers like Some Kind of Time are just, like, mm-hmm. straight-up jams. Yeah, uh, epic. Like, especially getting to, once we finally got, like, all the choreo done, like, that was such a fun song to do with everyone running around. <laughs> And, uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but yeah, and just really like the juxtaposition of like how upbeat and like not quite the word, but like poppy and like mm-hmm. you know really rocking the songs are. And then you listen to the words like maybe like the third, fourth time you've heard it, and you go, "Oh, oh, <laughs> it's dark." Yeah. Which like for for me, like I, I love. Uh, I love that dark material, mm-hmm. especially when it's not super obvious when you're first experiencing it. And really, as you realize what you're watching, what you're listening, you just have that shock of, oh, wow, this is so much more than I originally signed on for here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think that just like it's a really exciting part of the show is kind of flipping between those two things, the the upbeat and then the, like the the dour parts of the show. Mm-hmm. No, like to just on add on top of that, it's just like yeah, just one of those shows that just really feels like it's like it doesn't sugarcoat a lot of things there. Like there still has this musical theater moments, of course, like especially like during during times I'd like the dance, but like like the raw dark storytelling from it is what really drew me to the piece dogfight there and like before the auditions my knowledge of it was pretty small because I only knew like songs like uh, uh, First Date Last Night and Pretty Funny from like performers who would do the certain cabarets but when I finally listened to the album got the context of it just like it was one only few times where I I listened to an album and like cried yeah it's visceral bawled my eyes out especially at the end it's just like it really takes you on like an emotional journey through it and for me I always like pieces that like take you to different places you never thought you could as a performer and as a human being so that's one thing that drew me to dogfight 
I feel like in reply to what Carly was saying about like the universality of it for women coming from a male perspective and acting it, it from my perspective, it was a lot about how tempting and how easy it can be to fall into this toxic masculinity. And especially in the time period that it was set and in Mm. the environment where it was set, where you're in this like very literal boys club of a bunch of men and you're being sort of brainwashed and indoctrinated in these ways, it's sort of heightened, but I think that it's a something that is universal and something that sort of still persists and is true to this day. So I thought in the same way that what you were talking about is sort of universal for women, I think that that's also sort of universal for men watching the show, that it's something that I think that they can relate to and grab yeah. onto, which I thought was... There's just so many like really interesting themes that run across the show that as an actor you could like spend hours and just like... Mm-hmm divide everything and try and think Mm. of you know what is important to you or what do you relate to the most which is kind of cool um going off that a little bit let's face it a lot of you were playing assholes (laughs) how did you keep the um sort of environment in rehearsal hall really safe and supportive while traumatizing each other on stage (laughs) yes clearly my area of expertise uh well, well, I think a lot... You were a bigger asshole than he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. True. Uh, uh, I, I actually no. took... It, well, the plan was to yes. take at least one of the girls home at one point, too. <laughs> oh, are you talking about in the scene? Yes, I'm talking about... I thought he was talking about at rehearsal. You did not think that. Sorry, in the scene. In the scene. That's why you peed in my bathroom that time. I was like, why do you need to come up and use the bathroom? Now it all makes sense. Well, mom, I said asshole. Uh, But, uh, yeah, uh, I I think a large part of it was, like, from day one, we all got on very well. Like, we all became very fast friends in this cast. Uh, It's something Mm. that I definitely personally have said time and again, but I think we've all said at least a few times, Mm -hmm. is that it's one of those few casts where, by the end, we were all still really close. Uh, We still gelled together, and uh, it was easy to make those flips because we almost from day one really trusted each other in the room Mm. uh there wasn't a worry that like oh this is going to carry beyond rehearsal or that worry that oh like oh is whatever they're doing with this character bit here like have anything to do with what's going on outside of the uh of the actual rehearsal process and it was it was really night and day between like who we were as friends and who we are as characters so like there wasn't that worry i think a lot of the trust you were talking about comes from we had a lot of discussions about like Mm -hmm. our characters coming up from the start and i think that it helped build this sense of we all knew that the whole point of the show is that like no one really thinks that they're the the bad guy in their story right everyone thinks they're the hero of the story that's their life so I feel like we were all able to sort of grasp that and understand sort of where the boundary is. And then it helped us all feel a lot more comfortable with experimenting and like being able to go outside of the box of what we thought um, or maybe what the director thought the scene was going to be to eventually progress to what it came as sort of like a collaboration between us as actors and the production team. And it forces you to get close with people fast, I think. Mm. I, I mentioned in my interview before that you know I said you for example like we have had so many scenes where it was just us and you weren't nice to me in the scenes or whatever but we became really close really quick and it was important because you made me feel he Devin made me feel comfortable and, yeah. and so it 
those things aren't having to be that vulnerable all the time or whatever. It, it wasn't hard because I felt comfortable. So we were uh, kind of forced into that a little, which I think worked. Um, <laughs> yeah. The material helps with that. Yeah, the material yeah. helps. But yeah, it's it for sure is important to feel that, especially with a show like this. Um, well, going off of that a little bit, can you guys talk a little bit more about developing that relationship that is really the heart of the story? Yeah. Uh, I feel like you do... When it's just the two of us in so many of the scenes, we had so many rehearsals where it was just the two of us in the room with the director. And when it's just three people, there's, I don't know, there's an ability to experiment like I was talking about earlier. And there's an ability to try new things. And There's also nowhere to hide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, Taylor and I got on really famously. And I felt from an actor's perspective, like that's some of the best acting that I think I've ever done. I was really, really proud of my performance just because I felt like, I was really free to like try new things and do new things and I learned a lot from what Taylor was doing and we were sort of like feeding off of each other. Um, but yeah, when it's just the two of you, it's like yeah, I can't a lot imagine doing the process where the Rose and Eddie don't like each other in real life. Right. Like right. it would be so hard. Um, because it the part that made it because we were talking about before, right? Like I'm a curvier woman playing a role that is con- consistently called ugly and how do you separate that from yourself and and a role but I think the easiest way is that the second we weren't in the scene we were laughing mm. about something like if we would come out of it so easily that it never I never felt in that world too long um but yeah um so a lot of the arc of dogfight is about seeing the world through someone else's eyes and realizing the cruelty of your own actions was the show eye-opening for any of you in terms of experiences outside of your own? Well, for me, like, uh, when I was playing this part, uh, like, my, I don't have much familiarity with, uh, like, military. My grandfather was part of uh, World War II, uh, but it's like trying to really dive into, like, what they have to go through for, like, boot camp and then, like, Sometimes their aggression, where they come from, like especially what Bernstein himself does in the show, there, like I would definitely never, ever want to do that in real life for sure because like it's just absolutely. But one view that is like, yeah, he's a man. I'm like, no, it's just disgusting, really. But it's just every every time I think of something deep, I trail off. <laughs> okay, like. it could only be deep for so long yeah. <laughs> so accurate but but yeah no just I don't know it was just really hard to like take in your own personal life into this piece personally myself because I, what Burns I do, does in the show I would never do in real life so yeah Uh, yeah, I guess to to bounce off that, I think a lot of it uh, is just kind of, especially in the, the, I'll say the social climate that we live in now and amidst like the whole Me Too movement kind of came up around that time more more openly and with the, uh, the whole hashtag Me Too as well. It definitely makes you think about not necessarily like your own life and actions, Specifically, in the case of, like, you're very clearly not Bernstein. I mean, Devin's very clearly not acting like Birdlace. Uh, I'm very clearly not a mom. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just want to so point out to everyone here. Others, <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yes. 
uh, <laughs> swinging back around to the, to the point, though. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, it it definitely makes you take more account, uh, especially uh, being a white straight male. Uh, you know, you you kind of realize more the actions that happen around us and in the bigger picture of like uh, how. Uh, not even our, in our own lives, but just like what's ha- going on in the world and really makes you take note of that and kind of just like see where you can address those kind of misogynistic tendencies, whether they're like in your own life in, in minor ways or major ways and uh, and where you can like call that shit out. Mm. Uh, mm. And I mean, dogfight is definitely like the extreme end of things but it is also uh it is also based in a lot of real uh real things that happen like well, the, that, the dog fights used, are real those yeah. used to happen that's insane can we think about that for a second mm-hmm. like guys used to bring the ugliest girl they could find to a party like that's insane to me yeah mm-hmm. i just i don't know i mean and it's crazy to think that's what used to happen right but what's great about dogfight as a show yes it's set in those times but it still resonates now Mm -hmm. so yes we don't do dogfights now but there's other versions of that yeah behaviors that are more subversive but they still have the same theme you know yeah sure um so going off a little bit of what mike was saying did any of you guys do any military research or time period research to help with your character development I think what was really great was we had Ben, who was oh yeah, unfortunately ben. couldn't be here, but because uh, he's in San Diego. Hi, Ben. He played Boland. He played Boland, and he it, it was sort of like you know the the sort of idea that you have of someone who's vegan or vegetarian that they will immediately tell you that they're vegan or vegetarian. (laughs) If you meet Ben, you will know that he grew up around a lot of military people, and you will know that uh, he has a lot of deep military roots in his family. So that made it really great because there's really a huge separation between, you know, going online and doing your research or going to a library and doing some research versus talking with somebody and having somebody who has a deeply personal experience and a personal connection to that world. So that was, I would say, really helpful uh, at rehearsals. And he cared about getting that, like, that accurate, you know, how how we should be standing, how we should be saluting specifically. Uh, And because uh, Ben is actually from the States, he has even more of a direct connection to, like, this specific style of... Mm -hmm of military service mm-hmm. and like he knows people whether in his family or in his life who you know experienced vietnam which is wh- the time period where this is set so he really had like uh, a reverence for the material that he brought to rehearsal and especially i think for like the guys that were playing you know men in the military I think it uh, it definitely helped, whether directly or indirectly, in how we approached these characters and how we approached kind of just like the idea of the uh, the military machine, uh, the American military machine, because like it's a whole different beast. And in their respective honesty, does it get annoying the 18th time he tells you you're saluting wrong? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do I, do I appreciate it in the end? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. It, it only lends itself to sort of authenticity, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it can be sort of, we've been marching for 14 hours, Ben, we get it. (laughs) 
Um, he, he was right, though. Uh, he was 100% right. He was 100%. He's the one who did the drill. I, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, In the name of authenticity, all the Marines had to get the haircut. Yeah! Tell right. me about that experience and living, because you had to live your de- your life in between shows with this like very extreme military haircut. Uh I, I don't think any of us were super worried about it because we all looked damn good in that haircut. <laughs> Listen, I don't like giving anyone compliments, but you guys did look good. I will yeah, say. I they there, did. I, I live streamed the haircut that day. I yeah. and they, they did. They looked hot. The boys looked hot. They uh, did. Now let's rate them from top to bottom. <laughs> well, me personally, I was actually a little bit terrified at first because uh, a little bit of a personal kind of thing. Uh, like I was going bald. Like I was pretty bald there, but then I got... A hair transplant surgery. It was like literally my first short haircut in a long time. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a little nervous. If if that live stream is still around, you might be like, ah. But at the end, I'm like, damn, I look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And seeing, knowing that that was a personal hurdle that you had to overcome was something that I think the rest of us were not super worried. But any worry we might have had, we were like, there's no way we can be as worried as yeah. Mikey. And yeah, like it became less about us and more about creating a supportive environment at that time, especially for him. And it was mm. just like really great and inspiring to see him be like cool with it and be that, um, sort of, well, it was a very supportive role. group there. I felt like I could like say that part of me there. And like, especially if we all became tight, like here we are like eight months post show or 10 months, whatever. And still talking about it to this day. So Yeah. What were some of the most difficult numbers to rehearse? <laughs> I, I have one for sure. I got one. It's some kind of time, and it's when we have to change our outfits completely on stage. Oh, really? I love that one in for you guys. Probably 15 seconds, I would say. And then we eventually had to add on extra music to make it humanly possible for that to happen. But it was not so much the you know vulnerability of being half naked on stage, more so the worry of am I going to get my costume on in time? I've been running around for five minutes singing as loudly as I can and as forcefully and as much, like putting as much passion as I can into it. And now I have to change really quickly. And then I have to finish the song where my highest note in the show is. So it was, that was like the toughest. I was, I messaged them like two days ago. I was having nightmares because I was like, oh, yeah. thinking about dogfight, knowing that we were going to be doing the podcast. I was having nightmares that I wasn't going to do that. I was, wasn't going to get the change done. But like, honestly, like, I can't do anything when I'm, like, freaking out or I have to do something quickly. Like, if I did tie shoelaces, like, I do not envy you guys. Like, I would have been a mess. Oh, we, we weren't tying those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's true. Yep. Uh, and it's funny because, well, I mean, uh, I don't know why uh, I've got a... I'm just sick, clearly. But uh, I actually love quick changes. Yeah, uh, I've, I've had to do so many of them just in past shows. On stage and, and off stage. On stage <laughs> and off stage. And having to sing like either leads or, or Bee Gees for, uh, well, or during the changes. So when I kind of saw what we had to do, I was like, ooh, this will be fun. This is this is my wheelhouse <laughs> right here. So what was your hard number recently? He was, he was actually one of the best quick changers. No, he was. Watching, yeah. You know what it was? Because he wasn't panicking about it. it. The rest no, of us were panicking. He literally Mark would do like a full, like a full like oh, body whoosh, and then all of a sudden he was naked <laughs> yeah. on stage. But like, every Whoa. boy would have, because you could, I remember one time, 
I feel, I feel like it was you, Devin, who was like, can you just watch us do this quick change like five times and tell us like what we could do who to make it faster or whatever. <laughs> so I would watch it and everybody's around the same point, like we're all getting pants and Mark McKelvey still has all of his clothes. <laughs> and it was so That's stressful. That's like, Mark. I was like, how are you going to, how are you going to get it? But. Also, shout out to Mark, who couldn't be here, but is a wonderful human being as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, I wouldn't be taking shots otherwise. Um, but I think my hardest number was, and it's funny because I wasn't in most of it, but, uh, or was, uh, I guess, home, Hometown Hero when we're doing the march. Um, oh, yeah. 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 rehearsed that a lot. Yeah. That, that march killed me. Uh, I don't know why. It was, it was fiddling with the gun as well. Uh, doing that, making sure the steps were right, that I wasn't stepping too far because I'm very lanky and I'm always ready to like make up that extra space, and uh, there wasn't any. So, <laughs> what was the song when you guys when you guys are having sex for the first time? <laughs> I don't know how to say it politely. When you're deflowering her. <laughs> you know me, I'm so bad. Yeah, give way, uh, yeah. give way. Now I wasn't really in it. I was super background and cuddling with Jack. Um, but it, all of us were um, supposed to be having our last night with um, the soldier before he goes off to war. And emotionally, I mean, throughout the entire show, I'm not, I don't do, I didn't really do many emotional scenes or anything like that. I was always like kind of bit bopping around, having a lot of fun. But that one was tough. And truly, like I moved three times, like an arm slightly to the right. But emotionally, I cried almost every time. It just. It just, yeah, it's touching. It's like knowing these people going off to war. And then I think we all, I mean, I just think of my grandfather when he went off to war. And it was just, it was just always, you just, I always had this connection with Jack. And we would always, like, I just always was, it was emotionally difficult for me. And I truly, I did nothing but stand there for long time. <laughs> However slowly Taylor wanted to sing that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I would say the bedroom scene was yeah. my hardest scene just because mm. I am a comedy person through yeah. and through and it's so nothing I ever had practice with like I never I remember asking when I was in school so like, can you give me a romantic scene because if god forbid I ever get out there and okay, I'm we can't do it and I got a lesbian scene which was fine um but it so yeah that I, I was uncomfortable like yeah. I'm not I also don't want to ever take my clothes off in front of a room full of people. It's just not <laughs> on my top of my to-do list. Um, so that, for, for me, just comfortability level. Um, and everybody was doing everything they could have done. It's just who I am as a human. Which is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I got two. That was very hard for me to do in the show. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, the first one's more a little lighthearted. It was uh, the dance scene and my dance partner Shanoa is honestly one of the best people I've ever worked with she killed me every night because she just like played everything deadpan throughout that dancing and trying to dance with her and not laugh which is she was incredible and then the other scene is also with Shanoa is when like Bernstein what he thinks is like his step to becoming a man was like to sleep with this hooker she's tired she's done but he won't take no for an answer and he will try to do that and it just like it was hard but you know it was a great partner and the trust that we had in each other was just it's hard especially doing stuff like that but you know it was really a good sport about it and she knew like it was just part of that and then afterwards we would just like 
make each other laugh off stage before I come out saying, I'm a goddamn hero. But okay, yeah. you gotta get a little bit of Nike right there. Right? <laughs> Ooh, honey. Mikey B. Mikey B. Mikey was like, he was doing and he was in, yes. <laughs> on the way here. That's why he was late. late. <laughs> <laughs> what he no. Oh, I didn't hear that. No, no, that was not it. But, uh, but no, uh, but yeah, definitely that scene was probably the hardest thing, arguably the hardest thing I've ever had to do as an actor there was like, be that guy's like who thinks he's in a right when it's clearly in the wrong and it's disgusting. So, yeah. And shout out to Chanel for that. Yeah, she did a great job. Mm. She was unbelievable. Yeah, you guys were great in that, and that's a very, very difficult scene to do. Mm. Um, and I think you guys both handled it with grace. So, congrats well, to you both. Well, and you've laughed a little bit about this concept of playing <laughs> others, quote-unquote, <laughs> characters playing others. Yes. But it is true that, like, the job of someone who's track is mom plus others is to fill out the entire world Mm -hmm. right everybody else is doing their one character and so you're in charge of the rest of the universe Um, (laughs) thank you you're welcome Um, I'm I'm here for ensemble members members. someone has to be no I'm just kidding (laughs) so tell me a little bit about this idea of like playing multiple characters and having to really fill out that world and give them their own internal lives even if they don't have necessarily the material in the show yeah truly I love love playing ensemble. I love playing others. I am a person who thrives on... When someone says, you get to create your own character, I'm like, all right, let's go. So every single scene, based on what I was doing, I would create entire world for that character. It's something I just enjoy doing. So truly, I I didn't find any issues with it. And the best part was, you got to play with the majority of people who were just a single character. Mm. So... You know, say, say I'm doing, I didn't work a lot with Mike, but I worked a lot with Reese, and I was a different character most of the time, and he was the same character, typically. Mm-hmm. And so it was really great to sort of get to play at him as different people. That's what I really liked doing. Um, but yeah, I think myself and Shinoa, who are the typical others, and then Lauren did it as well, although she was playing Marcy and she slayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Shino and I both had a lot of fun of just... I truly believe her and I were just trying to screw with people at times. <laughs> but it, it typically worked, I found. And then we found our little niches on how we could sort of fill out all those other characters. But Carly is also like a force to be reckoned with. Like if mm-hmm. any show I've ever seen her in, if if she's in the ensemble, she's the best part of the show. Like you just have that. Like you don't give less because of where you're placed in a show. You are like the... Yeah, it's beautiful. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> I do almost wonder because uh, Carly has a little bit of a hidden talent, is in that she is so good at pointing out people's mannerisms. And they do. Oh my god! Yeah, we didn't realize this until like we went out after our first show, and she was like, "Okay, Mikey does this, and Taylor does this," and we were like, "I never thought about it what? that way, but yeah. they do do that." And it's that's it's all we see now. Glass and it's so shatters. exactly, it's so accurate what she's seeing and i'm wondering if that's like you're seeing people from all these different perspectives because you're putting on all these characters but you get to see like all the different facets of them a very good people watcher yes <laughs> which you don't think of as a skill until someone hasn't you're like i damn I like ah oh, I, I feel like i've been broken down in my core elements <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so Dogfight is one of Patsy and Paul's most musically, mu- musically and thematically complex works mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about tackling that music I feel like the guys had the hardest. I mean, obviously Taylor too. Taylor and 
and um, Lauren in their and dogfight <clears throat> the song. But Oof. the guys had such a rough go. Like, truly, I had the easiest track singing. No, I was also blessed. Yeah. I really was. I didn't have, like I said earlier, I'm not a harmony person at all. And I didn't have to sing any of them. So that was great. Um, but the boys... But had, I do think the boys had a really yeah. Yeah, tough go. So I'm just going to, like, leave it to them to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, home, cheers. <laughs> cheers to you, Taylor. Uh, well, in terms of, of harmonies, I mean, on the opposite end of things, I, I love harmonies. Uh, I, like... I find a lot of fun in them. Mm. Uh, I always have. But uh, even these harmonies were definitely difficult in in the way that they're written. Like, you'll think when you listen to really any of the songs, they're like, okay, uh, this line is this, and it goes up and down here. And then you look at the breakdown in the music, and you've actually amalgamated two different singers from two different harmony lines that are, like, this. the switches are so... They're so good, but they're also strange musically. Like there's why there's so many jumps. times where you guys are saying <clears throat> things over top of each yeah. other. Yeah. yeah, there there's a lot of uh, like I guess in the round almost hey, style things. Yeah, hey, good looking. Uh, yeah. there's like a lot of yeah, literally. In that the was round. a fun one to try to do there. Oh my god, Just like the whole me singing about like oh you're down attending my bar mitzvah while like I'd be like it's like whew. there were so many like different colors. Added. Second cousin, <laughs> the Kennedys. That That's part was dad. like, I, but for I, go ahead, Devin. I was just gonna say, like, I'm not gonna downplay that there were some parts that were difficult, like musically, to get your head around. But I think I never found felt worried about it, mm-hmm. mostly because Colin, who was oh, our oh, lovely bless. musical and vocal director, was so helpful that I think by the we did our first rehearsal where we broke down the harmonies for probably "Hey, Good Looking" or some kind of time or something like that. And by the end of it, I was like. I did not think that I would be comfortable with this or mm. this comfortable this soon. Mm. He's really, really great at sort of like breaking it down in a way that's easily digestible mm. and in a way that sticks, you know, because you don't want to get to the next week and it's when gone. You're moving you know? too. Yeah. Or yeah, when you're yeah. moving and then suddenly it goes out the window. And I never very, felt that happened. And very, he's very open to like, okay, we'll focus on this. We're just going to record your part. So you have this. This is where it breakdowns because I've had musical directors that aren't as I don't want to say easygoing, but as uh, they're not as okay with like really slowing down and breaking down those parts. Uh, but Colin recognizes where difficulties lie or where people are having those problems, and instead of throwing that on you, he take it takes it on himself to give you all of the. Uh, all of the uh, the resources and the, the resources that you, that you need to learn these complicated lines. Because he's also hard on you, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Don't think you're... that Colin Broughton is not hard on you because yes, if is. you do aren't getting your harmonies and we're getting close, he'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> we all lo- we possible. all love Colin. He, we all love Colin. But there, yeah. There's a little bit of carrot and a lot of stick. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> like with a mule, you put people. a carrot before the horse to make them go, but if they're not going, you give them the stick. So oh. carrot to the stick. Okay. Yeah. Oh. It's like positive reinforcement or positive punishment. Yeah. Got, gotcha, gotcha. But, you know, they, for some reason, he just wanted, like the composers just wanted to write music that was intended for like six or eight tenors there just to sing in harmony. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and and, and but, 90% of us were baritones. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was only like... Mark, uh, Mark, <laughs> yeah. Devin, and sometimes me, sometimes you to sing some stuff up there. <sighs> but like once we got it down, we're like, 
Fuck yeah. That's the <laughs> thing. Like, uh, like once you get like, it, your heart starts pumping and mm. the adrenaline starts going and that's sort of all the rewards you need to like yeah. keep pushing it and know you can sort of see where it can be and you want to get there. Mm. Yeah, I feel like even we came in for the first read-through. Meanwhile, you know, I have a few lines and I'm not going to be singing any of the songs. Normal read-throughs, you just, like, throw the song on and you just, you listen to the original recording or what have you and then you do the reading. No, not at this read-through. I was so intimidated. Everyone just came in with, like, they were singing their lines and there was harmonies. And I was like, what is, I think Taylor looked at me at one point and was like, am I supposed to sing? So (laughs) it starts with all the guys, right? And I'm just, all I'm doing, I'm not listening to anybody. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to talk soon and then the song's going to come. Everybody else has been singing. So what, do I just sit here and not sing? Do I sing? So I just like half sing? Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was was stressful. It was was intimidating because everyone kind of came in already knowing uh, their parts almost. And then, then, you know, I'm, again, not in it for the first bit of rehearsals just because they're focusing on the guys at the beginning, which I think was really smart. Um, But coming in and then hearing... The, those two songs I was like blown away it's like so they're at this level okay I'm gonna come in even higher so they set the bar really high and they they learned quick and they were great uh, we were really lucky in just the fact that uh, especially like for for the guys and learning the harmonies uh, a lot of us apparently are both came in knowing the music very well because we just love the show but also good at sight reading, mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, like the the guys that aren't singing leads. I think we all came in going, okay, so cool. We can all relatively sight read. We we all did this around high yeah. school, and it's just stuck now. Great. Uh, and uh, again, like I keep saying about, we were really blessed with like the abilities that everyone really came in with mm-hmm. we were very lucky and I think that's why it went as easily as it did because it's one of those shows that like if one of the elements isn't right you can tell did anyone have a favorite moment in the show <laughs> I'm sure we all did I have to think about it huh, favorite yeah. moment that's tough oh, okay well I'll go with mine then because I knew I wanted to talk to this about this from the get go oh, uh, my I'm nervous. Nervous. I know exactly uh, what it is yeah uh, it's uh, the drunk scene <laughs> oh no in the bar uh, but also this is also one of my favorite parts of rehearsal <laughs> Uh, because uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's uh, it's the scene where the dogfight is actually happening. Everyone's brought their dates, and uh, it's both the scene and the song uh, that uh, the lounge singer is singing, uh, played by Jack Graham, handsome man. Uh, but <laughs> he just got engaged. He did. He's taken. We're s- shout out. Yay, congratulations. Shout out. <laughs> uh, but Factor uh, uh, is just wasted. And he's there with his date, played by the lovely Carly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we only had a few lines in this little like scene and song. And I have an improv background, so I was like, "Cool, I'm just gonna be whispering sweet drunken bullshit uh, <laughs> into her ear." And, and he sure did. <laughs> and, the, and the name of the game for me was every time I swung Carly with her back to the audience, I would say something that would try to make her break, but I had enough time for her to stop laughing by the time she was facing the audience again. (laughs) And uh, we had a lot of great moments with that. But one of my favorite things was during rehearsals, there were a few times where uh, Carly either wasn't called or wasn't able to make it for those days. So it was just me. And instead of just (laughs) going through the motions 
of like, okay, this is where I'll be, and I'll just walk around. No, I like I pretended Carly was there. I would swing <laughs> over. I would say some kind of sexy drunken thing. <laughs> You're all getting a taste of a sweet, sweet Reese, everyone. But uh, (laughs) and 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 during those rehearsals, my job was to make uh, everybody else. Specifically, Devin and Taylor. Uh, no. No, you never did No, I never Luke. did it with Luke. Uh, but uh, I would have to go and make out with myself in the corner. And, and I would just spend the entire time during the show trying to get Devin to turn me so that I could watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and it never worked. <laughs> yeah, the, game, the name of the game for that moment was how much lipstick can I get all over my face by making out with Reese. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. we, are, we are close now. <laughs> Spiritually. Yes. Favorite moments. Yeah, favorite moments is tough. In contrast to what Taylor was saying, because I know she was quite uncomfortable with the bedroom scene, I loved it just because it was a it was like nothing I had ever done. It was a very unique type of moment where it's not something that they're necessarily. It's not like a traditional love story where it's like star-crossed lovers, and it's not like these two people are feeling this feeling like they're meant to be, and this is the right thing to do at the moment. It's very complex the way that they're interacting with each other. It's awkward. There's this undercurrent of everything that they've been through and the knowledge that he's going to be leaving the next day. There was just so much going on that to really boil it down and to go through so many rehearsals, just figuring it out and seeing not only logistically how it was going to work because the bed was literally maybe the half a meter. Of my butt, guys. <laughs> I'm a curvaceous woman with a big booty. And Title that, of the podcast. And that go. bed was the size of my booty. And Devin also had to fit on it. So. Yeah. So, so not only logistically, but just from like like psychologically getting into the character, it mm-hmm. was fun and it I don't think any night it was the same, which made it a really like exciting moment to be in. And it, you really felt like mindful and in the moment when you were doing it because anything could happen. Like you could do it differently every single time. Yeah, like my guitar different. could break. <laughs> yeah. Can I selfishly say that my favorite moment is Hey Good Looking when the three sort of background girls come, we run out. It is, it's mm. Hey Good Looking, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm so bad at this stuff. So we all run out and then we have this sort of like, like bot moment. I just like it was. I don't know. I love. I love dancing. <laughs> the girls in Hey Good Looking were my favorite part of Hey Good Looking. Yeah, like, and it's just running around trying to get away from the men. It was so much fun. That was such a great and it was choreographed so well by mm-hmm. Luke. Um, Especially with the like way everything was arranged because the band was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have the most space. amount of space. It was a very yeah. space very to have odd that space. show in. Like I think it worked really well in the mm. end. Um, but it could have not. Yeah, but it. But it's a very tiny place to play yeah mm-hmm. mine was first date last night for sure i that's it's my favorite song in the show but it was also just so fun because we were basically directed to never look at each other <laughs> but if we did look at each other we had to look away right away so it was just fun like it was like a cat and mouse type situation and i always yeah, had a good fun. time doing it that was a very cute scene it was very beautiful yeah my favorite um I have a fair amount, but like every just pick one. <laughs> All right, from like the opening so, of the show to bows, I really the entire like that part. show. No, um, like any time I got to do scenes with Devin and Ben, there we had such a pretty unique dynamic. There, it was always fun. There, I was like the very bottom of like the pole, so like I had to try to like guys, let me be part of the crew. But like they would like they would pick they would always like pick fun at me. But like if anyone tried like hey, 
No, he's with us. Yeah, Mikey was very much like the yippy dog in uh, in Looney Tunes, where there's the big dog and then yeah. the little dog that's like, "Hey, Spike, what are we gonna do today, Spike?" Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Mikey. Uh, but this, but uh, at the end of the dog fight, once Taylor runs out, <clears throat> and I call a character a bitch, uh, two bears played by Shinoa just stands up, like jerk, and throws uh, water right in my face. I always love getting splashed on stage. <laughs> I just love being the end of a slapstick. I love hey, I sweat in the show, and that is it refreshing. Was a there, cooling moment for him. <laughs> it was very cooling there. Oh but like, uh, all right, that's such a specific thing to have. But I like. Be, it I wasn't like anything that you did. You weren't acting. You just got water on your face. Hey. In the show, I love being the end of that kind of stuff. I the love butt of that joke, right? Yeah, yeah. it always I got a big reaction. Like, yeah. yeah, it's fun. Getting slapped was fun too. I also loved. Slapping. Oh yeah. There we go. Oh, I got shoved down too. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Just general violence. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Did everybody go? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, what were you guys hoping the audience would take away from the production? Taylor's already answered this. <laughs> oh no. Probably very well too. No, yeah. guys. <laughs> oh no! The transcriber is going to be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to uh, write my own thing here. <laughs> I think ultimately, uh, from like uh, our performance perspective, we wanted to people to love the music the way we all loved the music, mm. but but to also recognize the dark elements of the show. I mean, for, for those who don't know, uh, the musical is based on a 1991 movie of the same name uh, starring River Phoenix, mm-hmm. R.I.P. Uh, but uh, I think it takes a lot of, of good cues from the film and doesn't shy away from the darkness. And I think, if anything, if the audience kind of takes away how... A piece like this is still, uh, oh, God. just losing my words today, is still relevant. relevant. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's still relevant today. And uh, that you, like, you can enjoy yourselves at the show. I mean, like, it's definitely written to be enjoyed. But, again, it's a bit of carrot and a bit of stick. You're treated with great music, but you also have to kind of, like, face some dark views and maybe even some personal views that you realize like aren't necessarily as far gone as those in the show but perhaps on that like on that train track and uh it definitely you want people to leave with like at least a bit of self-reflection mm-hmm. I feel like executive privilege here we go <laughs> um <laughs> I feel like in in a lot of shows that I've done in the past, but specifically this one, just because you're with a group of like-minded individuals that you respect a lot and you think um, everybody in the cast is very talented and is doing 120% in each of their respective roles, you throughout the rehearsal process, you're sort of in this incubation place where... Um, you're sort of building each other up and you start to build this idea that this is something that's really special to you and really special in general. You think that it's um, something that will affect other people in a really positive or a really meaningful way. And once you start getting into tech week and you get into the week before the show, a sort of fear, at least for me, starts to creep in. What if, like, we've built up this thing that we feel is so special. What if it's not received the same way? And for... 
us to have the reactions that we did and being able to talk to audience members after the show and just mm. see what they thought about it. Just having them having the same reverence for the material that we had and really respecting what we did on the stage, I think was something that that's all I could have dreamed for. And that's what ended up happening. So that was really special for me and really just put the cherry on top of the whole experience. Mike, just, I don't want to interrupt because I know you have one, but I want to just <laughs> jump really quickly on yours. I had reactions where people did not like it. And I was like, okay, why? Sure. Cause not everyone's going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to dislike it. Some people are going to question it. All those things. I asked some certain people why they didn't like it. And a lot of the time they didn't like it because it didn't end the way they wanted it to end. They didn't like the actual story. Mm. And when we talk about what do I want people or what do I hope people get out of this is that, yeah, not everything is a happy ending. And when someone doesn't enjoy it because they don't like the end of the story, I, I'm comfortable with that. That I was going to say my favorite part of Dogfight is that it doesn't end that they end up together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because so many times in life people who could have been really great don't end up together. Um, it's a real ending. It stayed yep. true to the whole story and for Rose especially like she my favorite line in the whole show is when he says how are you and she goes I'm okay like I I'm good yeah like you left and you thought I'd be shattered but I'm fine um well so, it's not an ending too like in like in their the story traditional as well. sense yeah, do you mean? It, it, yeah like you can tell this there's more and but. there's it's up for debate okay he's back are they together now are they not together whatever but I yeah I like that you don't know or it's up to you to figure out that's partly what I love about the show. Mike, it's just all you. <laughs> no, you guys said it all. No, I'm kidding. Um, like, one thing that I always get drawn to this medium is, like, just the, like, connections you get from every kind of shows that you do. Like, obviously, when you, most people think musical, they think of, like, I don't know, Cats or... Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Like, those happy-go feelings that have maybe, like, a dark point... Well, I mean, Oklahoma has lots of dark points in it. <laughs> but, like, they leave the theater happy kind of feeling, like, happy go-to. But one thing I get drawn to is, like, the human connection, the raw emotions you get from, like, regardless from, like, the happy to, like, story like Dogfight. And with this one in particular, it mainly focused on, like, the storytelling there. And it's, like, it makes you feel in a different way like other shows don't make you feel, especially at the end there, like... I'm, like a couple people like came to me it's like wait why did they end up together it's like well it's just life like a lot of like some families like it's like they they start happy but then they don't like it's just real yeah like this is real life and like that's one thing I loved about Dogfight like there's some theatric moments but it was real and for me like a lot of people really connected with that more than just like a fairy tale happy ending kind of and with Dogfight, like obviously, with war and like you're not all everyone's gonna survive. Not everyone's gonna be at the front door when you come back from war. Like some people get shattered, and that's a real human connection. Like that's a real human thing. Like people just it's just not words. Uh, <laughs> it got deep again, guys. It got deep and we but like, but. Just like one thing I loved about Dogfight is just it feels real. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing about the story. show. It hooks you with these like really like, catchy numbers, and then it challenges all your preconceived notions of what a musical a is, of, which is wonderful for like opening people's eyes to what we love to do, which is performing and theater. You know, and a lot of people like really like at the end of the show they would tell us like 
just thank you because I needed that release in some weird way. I'm like, really? It was like, especially the ending, like dogfight. But you connect in so many different ways with an audience than you would with a typical show, intentional or not. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I loved about dogfight. So what are you all working on now or next? Take this time to do any plugs or anything, including your social media. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm so excited. I'm going to jump right in. Go okay, so um, my creative partner, uh, her name is Caitlin Turner. She owns a company called Small But Mighty. Um, we just recently finished filming a web series we've been developing over the last year that her and I co-wrote. It's filmed at Popper's Pub. It's based on two live versions that we did at Popper's Pub on the second floor where it was in like site-specific theater where basically bar stories while you're at the bar having drinks. You don't know who's an actor, who's not. You don't know who's going to pop in, out, whatever. It did really well, both live shows. So we figured let's develop it into a web series. So we just filmed it last Sunday. We did all first three episodes in one day. Um, And it's basically, I I like to call it a preseason because it's mostly like a meet the staff. Um, Caitlin and I are also in it. And uh, yeah, we're hoping to release the first episode. We're hoping March. Um, And I think we're going to launch it um, at the dock with a charity event. So keep your eyes peeled for all of that information. Where can we find that information? Well, we'll probably be posting on, we're definitely going to be releasing it through YouTube on Nebulate's uh, production, what do they call it? Account? Account, sure. I don't know, guys, I don't know enough technology very well. It's going deep, I lost my words. Um, So we'll be releasing it through Nebulate, who's co-producing the project, Um, but we'll obviously post updates on everything, most likely through Facebook and Instagram, and then Twitter, which I will not be a part of, but I, I, Caitlin is, so she will, she'll do that. Do an AMA on Reddit. Uh. <laughs> I don't know what any of that is. So, <laughs> someone go. I'll go. Um, so I'm one of the cast members where performing is not something that I'm going forward with in a career uh, capacity. It's just something that I love to do, and I love it. Really, is uh, relaxing for me and really fun. Um, but. I figured it was time that I stopped avoiding the responsibilities of my degree, which I am um, studying art psychotherapy. So I need to finish all of my practicum hours and my thesis. So that's what I'm up to in the coming months. Smart. Mm. Hopefully I'll finish soon. Uh, I'm not... Oh, wait, when is this coming out? I'll look up whenever the timing works out for the things When we stop talking. Oh, okay. Can I... Do yeah. you think... It, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I recently was just cast in another first act production. Uh, this one is an in-concert production of Parade. I will be playing Tom Watson. Wahoo! Uh, and, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> wahoo! <laughs> ha, ha. Wait, will Nintendo sue us now? Yes. Uh, <laughs> And edit that out. Uh, But yeah, uh, I'm really excited uh, for that. Uh, I don't have a ton of information about it right now, but uh, the show will be at the end of May. I believe the days are the 29th and the 30th, possibly the 31st. I forget how that weekend falls. Follow follow First Act Productions on Instagram. Yes. More importantly, follow First Act Productions on Instagram. You've heard it twice now. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about doing that. Uh, it's it's a role that's really testing my my range, so uh, I'm excited to do that. Aside from that, uh, I'm really just like doing a little bit of writing on the side and lots of auditioning mm-hmm. when I can. Yeah, Taylor's already answered this. Oops. All right. Uh, so uh, shortly after uh, dogfight, I uh, started up my own uh, 
theatric company called Out There Theater Productions. Uh, we've done a couple of cabarets already. Taylor was part of one of those, and I was so lucky to have her be part of that. And uh, uh, we're hoping to put out a production, which I can't announce quite yet, but like hopefully sometime later in the summer it will be out. And uh, it'll be an off-Broadway style show there, and I... It is a show that's been close to my heart for many years. I'm like, really want to tell you what it is, but I can't. So, so where can we find out this information? Mike? You can find out this information at Out There Theater Company at Facebook and on Instagram. And a website will be coming up very shortly. And uh, also, I will be making my directorial debut when I uh, am going to be an assistant director for uh, Brian Productions' uh, production of Spring Awakening. Yay! Woo! And that will happen uh, between uh, June fifteenth to the twenty-first. And does anyone have anything that you'd like to add? It's not a trick question. It's just in case I missed something you really wanted to talk one about. One plus one equals two. Nailed it. That's I added something. I just like to say thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It was super exciting to get the invite. Not gonna lie, um, especially you know. You kind of finish a show, you semi put it to bed, and then you move on. So it's kind of really nice to mm-hmm. revisit and sort of answer these questions and kind of get to connect with the cast again. Especially like a, well, pretty much a year later from when we actually started yeah. rehearsing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Especially when we're sort of forced to say nice things about each other. This is the most wholesome conversation yeah. I think we've all Yeah, had. We're, we're normally pretty big dicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this has been great. I really yeah. had no, a great time. No, thank you so time. much for having us part of this there. It was really exciting and honored to be part of this uh, category that we're in and yeah no thank you so much hi mom <laughs> hi mom sorry if i sw- if i definitely swore yeah you sorry. swore twice i counted oh snap oh. you're such a mom <laughs> <laughs> oh, another. 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 <laughs>